Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Come on. Damn these Biloxi blues, it happens every night. Don't even, not even, kind of, not even a little bit. Heading my way for another place, and I got three good tires and a spare. Right to, to the hook right here. Let's go to the hook right just here. Just a white line gypsy getting out of Mississippi with just enough gas to keep them low budget. Live, not so live, from the Low Budget Live Bar and Grill here in beautiful southern middle Tennessee. And we are back, ladies and gentlemen. We are back in the Bar and Grill after a crazy, crazy seven days since I left Knoxville. Lord have mercy. Uh, This is the podcast for Monday, April the 3rd, 2023. We moved on into another month. They just roll on just... Faster than anything I've ever seen these days, I feel like. But uh, recording this actually on the second and seven days on the nose since I left Knoxville. And and I'm just now starting to get my voice back from the low budget live, 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 live. And any of y'all that have met me at the Classic or see me at the Classic every year, I lose my voice just from running my mouth for days and nights there. But then I got attacked by some kind of wicked sinus infection or something this week so i've been down man i was gonna come home and do a pod uh before i hit the road again i had to turn around and leave on monday 
for TH Marine to go down to Orlando for a few days. So I got home Sunday night, flew out Monday, got back Wednesday night late. So just been uh, dragging, dragging, dragging. So I put uh, put two podcasts up from the Classic this week, though, this past week. So I hope you all enjoyed those. Bradley Hallman and Trey there from the Live Live and then uh, from the Express booth, a whole cavalcade, if you will, of folks there in the Express booth. And I just wanted to open this week's show, though, to say just thank you. I, I know I do that a lot, but this is the first chance I've had to get on a mic since the classic with a voice. And uh, without getting just too sappy on you guys and gals out there, the support for this show is amazing. It's amazing. And the classic, and I think I, I probably say this every year, but it, it's growing to a point that, you know, I get to meet new people every year and, and I get to see old low lifer faces and the OGs. And it's just, it's so cool, man. It's so cool. It's such a, uh, it's such a community deal. And to meet everybody at the classic in the expo to, Honestly, man, not be able to walk five feet without some low lifer. Like it was so cool for me for three days to see that. And I say that humbly because it is, it's mind blowing to me. And then for Saturday night to kind of be the cherry on top. And I apologize. We didn't have a good enough signal there to stream it. So we just sent it in person and I recorded the podcast. But for Saturday night, the live to have people upset with me because they had to be, they were turning people away because we were at, we were at fire marshal. We were at capacity. Unbelievable. Unbelievable at the Hill bar and grill. Thanks to Trevor again from the Hill for hosting us. Could not have worked out any better. Weather was beautiful for the low lifer parking lot party, but to see the folks there in attendance from the Shaw Grigsby's to the Brian Robinson's uh, Pro Bowl defensive ends to just low lifers, one and all, and then to have Cody Cannon from Whiskey Myers, who's just in Toad Thumper Lures, who's just a fantastic human, and is someone that I'm grateful to uh, to have gotten to know in the last last year of my life. He is uh, he's just a fantastic person, man, and for him to share the stage with Shannon Wheeler and I, do three songs and and. It's just it. It was just kind of it for me, right? Like it was a very cool night. It was a very cool night. He didn't have to do that, uh, but then for the night to go like it did after that, we had Joey Fuentes and his lovely wife Gwen got up a few times. But Joey played with us. He played percussion. He played guitar, harmonica. Cowboy Joe can throw down, and we did until almost two in the morning. If you were there, you know it. But. Uh, had my boy Panger from BTL, had Frank Scalish there, Andrew Upshaw. Too many people to name, man. There were so many people that I look up to and that I respect and have a, have a ton of admiration for in the industry that were just there. Uh, Travis Manson, Smallmouth Cry, like so many guys. The Uncle Larry's Outdoors boys. Keep all these folks. It's, some of it's foggy. I ain't going to lie. There was a lot of alcohol I had. But, but to share drinks with low-lifers, to share stories, it was just a special night. I think anybody that was there would tell you it was. And uh, I'm just re rejuvenated to just push further with this show um, more, than I, more than ever, man, more than ever. So thank you. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. It was very cool. I got my son, uh, Charlie, was there with his buddies, Alex and, and Harrison, 
they got they were helping me out with equipment and and road in road dogging for me a little bit just to help with some of the stress and and they drove over <clears throat> excuse me see still stripping but they drove over from college to help man and they were i can't thank them enough but to, for them for me as a dad for them to get to see the magnitude of what's happening that was pretty cool it was pretty cool uh triple threat didn't get to make it we had uh some conflicts with some basketball with our with our man Wes but very cool to have Charlie there and his buds to see it and and uh it's just special special weekend on Rocky Top Knoxville's obviously one of my favorite cities always will be in the home state so very cool had some dear friends of mine from home there Aaron Story and and uh Jeff Stanford from Sign Designs Lawrenceburg were there as well just a cool man TH folks it was just a cool weekend it was very cool and it always is but this one took the cake and uh, I can't wait for Tulsa, man. We're going to – I'm already uh, – my procrastinating self, I'm already trying to book a venue. And not necessarily to go bigger, badder, better, but just to get it locked down. And because I was still – I was kind of last minute with the Hill, y'all know, before I made an announcement. But uh, I promise you what I'm planning there will be special as well. Very special. And uh, we're just going to keep keep throwing down, man. Uh, the Express Boats folks, Rory Herndon, the, the Express crew, for hosting me in the booth there at the Classic and coming out, supporting everything I've got going on. It was very, very cool weekend. So I know I'm all over the place as usual, but I wanted to open the show with that because it's just everybody that brought a gift, everybody that made a shirt, Andre, my Wisconsin lowlifer, just too cool, too cool. And uh, I can never thank y'all for the sport enough so just want to open with that this week man it's uh it's it's humbling it's humbling so just uh, able to get back on the mic now it's kind of all i've been thinking about it all week and there's so many folks i'm probably leaving out and and moments i'm leaving out but it was an awesome three days a great classic up there you know tripping over people in the expo it was uh there's so many it was it was great it was great all right let, i want to thank the sponsors real quick and then we're going to get into uh get into some goods here but thank y'all thank y'all thanks to startron starbright they had a big impact there uh presence if you will at the live giving free stuff out gregor dornell his crew danny Corey, they're, they're fantastic fantastic to work with they're good people we gave out a ton of swag swag people were shaking their startron in the booth there at the classic but Fantastic time. Start trying kicking ethanol in the teeth in your weed eater in your chainsaw. Most importantly, in your outboard engine. And I, I want to say this real quick about Star Trying. This weekend, I've been running a chainsaw, unfortunately, weed eater and things. I always at the end of the year, end of the season, when things are slowing down, I always drop Star Trying in there. You know, dude, it always fires up. I'm telling you, I, I know as lawnmower got the mower out yesterday. Like, it fires up. And I I don't use ethanol free anything in my especially in my damn lawnmower. I, I got a I got a yard that's freaking ridiculous to cut and uh, a lot of a lot of acreage to cut and dude it every year boop fires back up. So uh, and I'm, I'm not a maintenance guy. I don't take my things apart with a fine tooth comb. So Startron kicks ethanol in the teeth. I promise you it'll keep you running. You can go find it just about anywhere these days. Startron, kicking nothing all the teeth and bringing you low budget live. For our, we're headed in our sixth year of this craziness. Holy cow! 
Pro Guide Batteries, ProGuideBatteries.com. I'm running the lithiums for my trolling right now. I'm absolutely blown away. 31 Series AGM They for my cranking, for all my electronics, all my pumps, everything runs great. They do have a new lithium cranking battery. You need to go check it out. It's all over their social media. Go to ProGuideBatteries.com. You can use code LBL10 there to save you some cash. Awesome. Fantastic batteries. They are very trustworthy, reputable folks in the battery business. They've been around for a long, long time. ProGuideBatteries.com. Baitworks.com. Speaking of them bow boys, that'll support you. Man, this has become, and I told them this to their face, this is one of my favorite companies to work with ever since I've been doing this, whether it be the fishing industry, uh, the pro fishing life that I lived for a little bit, the, the podcast, whatever. Bait-Works.com. These folks, they had a booth at the Classic. We're doing the LOB jig with them, but they brought a ton of LOB jigs to hand out. They brought stickers. They brought t-shirts at the live dude they were there large and in charge but to see the presence the lob jig had in the booth to see them just get behind what i'm doing really is is awesome but they are and i heard it so many times and they said they heard it so many times they're shipping us so fast when you order from bait-works.com it's incredible they get it to you quick they've got a lot a lot a lot a lot of goods in stock ready to roll right now they just got they get an upper hand on some of the mega bass stuff and they've got all those classic exclusive. I know I spent a pretty penny in their booth buying a bunch of these new mag drafts. And uh, there were three colors that were released around the classic. And I bought a, a pile of them there. A couple low lifers saw me like, what in the hell are you going to do with all those? I'm like, dog, I am going to probably just put them on the shelf, to be honest. But they were fantastic. So I bought a bunch. And uh, they got them. They got the new sleeper crawl. I've not got to throw that yet, but they've got it in stock. Go check it out. Bait-works.com. Duncan-10 saves you 10% off. It's something they're going to have coming very soon. I got to give them a shout out just because they're good folks. Toad Thumper Lures. Y'all know Cody Cannon's business. The frogs, the frogs, the frogs. Well, dude, they got two new plastics out right now. I was able to get some of the classic. They got one little shape called the crawl gill, and I took it out this week. Like, dude, it's legit. It is legit. They're going to have it at Baitworks soon, but it is a, it's something you're going to want. It's like a, it's almost like a, a beaver style, like D bomb ish looking bait with some little swimming legs and that's underselling it, but it, it's a, uh, it's killer. And then the bad crawl. So they, they've got, that's going to be a killer on an LOB jig killer, just like old school Texas rig uh, crawl, but be, be on the lookout for those. But I'm telling you that crawl gill is not to be slept upon. Bait-works.com. Go get you some. All right. Last but not least, again, y'all know the sponsor reads. I talk about these folks week in and week out, and I'm grateful to get to do that. Express Boats, hang the damn banner. The Bassmaster Classic winning high-performance all-welded aluminum bass boat. Best hole shot in the game. 250 Yamaha show hung on the back. But I want to talk about the people real quick. I know I say this a lot. They are like family to me. They are great. They are low lifers. And all I would say with any sponsor read is if you get an opportunity to go support somebody that supports the show, do that. Please do that. But the Express Boats family, I could not express how much they appreciate the low lifers and how much they are a part of what we are doing the X21 Pro, my, one of my favorite boats I've ever been in. I'm very proud to own one. 
go take a ride in one. You will absolutely not regret doing so. Express Boats building excitement since 1966. And I got this new swag express hat at the Classic that I may or may not have paid for, not paid for. So, Rory, if you're watching, I'm sorry, bud. Awesome, awesome. Lots of new apparel on the website. All right. Man, the Express booth just was rocking too, man, during the uh, during the live live there in the Expo Center. All right, I'm rambling. I'm rambling. I want to tell you a story just because I told one a couple weeks ago that uh, <laughs> as I travel, I'm always blown away about things. And I had to fly to Orlando, like I said, Monday, and I had no voice. I felt like crap. It's basically just falling asleep anytime I got propped up anywhere in a corner just because the classic was so so bananas. But uh, just running on empty. No, I didn't. I don't eat anything for three days when I'm there, and I drink too much alcohol and not enough water. And anyways, so I had to go to Orlando for TH for big boy job and just you know whatever. And uh, running on fumes, but the show must go on. Had a great couple days of work down there. But anyways, it's on my way back home. I'm just ready to get home, you know. And I got a direct out of uh, Southwest, out of Orlando to Nashville. And it's in the evening. It's like 6 o'clock at night, whatever. And I'm standing in line. You know, you got your A group, your B group. And they're like, now boarding A, blah, 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 blah. So this, this old boy, and and you, you never, I mean, I don't. I don't know how to say this. I really offended somebody, but if you you could just look at somebody, and know they're going to be a problem, right? <laughs> and maybe that's me sometimes for people too, right? Maybe people just look and they're like, "Yeah, he's a problem." Well, this old boy was definitely a problem, and he's got his little boarding pass with the B on it, so he ain't supposed to be boarding yet. Here's the deal, dude. I don't get into all that. I'm not caring. I don't care. Well, Karen was in line in front of me, though, and Karen's like, excuse me, sir, what are you doing? He's like, I have to get on this plane because I'm claustrophobic before everybody else. And he's, like, screaming at this lady. She's like, oh, well, but you're in the B group. She wouldn't give it up. And he's like, but I have special needs kids with me. And, y'all, these kids were, like, high school age. They just high school age kids. And they were standing there, and they were just kind of looking like, I don't, we're not special needs, I don't think. He's lying. There's this whole thing, whole thing. And these were, and he, and she's like, well, they have a, a boarding segment if you, if you need assistance. She, we don't need assistance, lady. We just need on the plane. So he's like yelling at this lady. I'm like, oh my god. So they call a one through whatever, and he just runs on the plane. So she's like, well, that was interesting. Okay. So we get on the plane, and it's jam packed like every Southwest flight. People's all Mickey Mouse cracked up coming back from Orlando. They got their mouse ears on and crap. Got old ladies wearing down Minnie Mouse shirts and stuff. You know, whatever. And I'm just trying to get home because I've been working. Because I've not been having fun in Orlando for the most part. And planes just jammed up. This lady sits. There's a middle seat between me and this fellow. I'm sitting next to her. I'm on the aisle. He's on the window. She sits there. And when I... <laughs> Dude, this is so wild. So... She sits down and and it's everybody's kind of in their in their deal. Oh, to back up, this guy in there, he's like, I gotta sit in an exit row because I need the room. Like he's crazy. Very clearly crazy in charge of some children. And there were a lot of kids on this flight, like teenagers, my boy's age. 
So we're on the plane, and you just start to hear, I'll sit where I want to sit. From over my shoulder. I'm about eight rows back. I'm like, hmm. Oh, yeah. Imagine that. It's the crazy guy from line. Clearly starting some trouble. <laughs> so, dude, it's just, just, you know, when you hear a voice going louder than it should be in a place that it shouldn't, right? We all know that. You recognize that. So, old boy's just hammering this flight attendant. Well, then the pilot comes out of the little cockpit area, and he's, like, looking back there like, the hell? Now, we haven't done been supposed to be in the air, okay? So, people are missing their connection. I'm just going Nashville, but I'm like, hey, dog, sit down, shut up, or get off the plane. Like, we're all over it. Everybody's like, what's going on? So, I say... Because it's like the fourth Southwest employee's gone back and forth to try to derail the situation. And I say this lady next to me wearing a Mickey Mouse shirt, probably in about her 50s, you know. I don't think she's a low lifer. But she says, I, I look at her and I said, damn, I stood in line with that guy. He's crazy as hell, man. I should have known he was going to cause some trouble. And she goes, yeah, I'm with him. I'm like, oh, hell. <laughs> And I said, well, my apologies. He's crazy as hell. Because <laughs> what do you say? Foot in your mouth, you know. And she says they're on a school trip with 66 kids, teenagers. And I told her the story about him in line. She goes, those aren't special needs kids. I said, well, he is a freaking douchebag <laughs> for saying that to get on the plane. Well, she's like, well, they're trying to tell those kids they can't sit in an exit row. And I said, well, they can't because they have to be 18 years old. And she was like, but they let them on the way. And I said, well, did y'all fly the same plane with the same people on the way down here? This is a completely different crew. I'm sorry that that happened, but could you maybe tell them to shut up so we could all get out of here? Anyways, this escalates. This escalates. This escalates with two teenagers Dropping F-bombs. You effing, you stupid mother To the flight attendant's face, dude. And this grown man who she tells me is a chaperone for this Michigan uh, high school marching band that got to go play Disney. He's like, you All up in her grill, dude. I'm talking about spit. Like, if it had been my wife, I'd have said, off the top rope, okay? Like, this was not okay. He was several rows behind me. And I was just upset that I couldn't get my phone. Of course, it's probably on TikTok, dude. But people are just filming it. And he's getting mad at people filming. So, finally, this, this flight attendant, she's back and forth with the pilots. And she's going back there and trying to deter the situation. Finally, she says, she's walking by me. She said, I've had enough. And she walks back there. And I told the lady, I said, your friend is fixing to be on a list with Southwest Airlines called the no-fly list. And uh, they've been to throw his ass off this plane. She didn't believe it. Well, buddy, here they came. Dragging them up the aisle, him, two kids. They're shooting birds going out. Ah! Everybody's clapping because the plane's like this. Because they're leaving. They're shooting birds the whole way. Children, dude. And this guy who's a chaperone, I ain't real sure who picked him out. But anyways, that happened. I'm not, I've never seen anybody get thrown off a plane. I have feel like I've been to that point before. The craziest thing about this is, and I let my temper get away from me sometimes, believe it or not, in life. But this guy's on a trip with 60-something kids. They had a connect, lady tells me, they had a connecting flight out of Nashville. They only had a 45-minute layover. We sat there for 45 minutes in Orlando waiting on all this to be resolved. 
and the entire school missed their connection flight and getting home. She had to work the next morning. She's telling me, but the fun one of the funniest things that happened before we got out of there, she like calls somebody. She's like, "Yeah, Joel got kicked off the plane." That's a bad Michigan impression, but y'all feel me. Joe got kicked off the plane. Yeah, he well, you know, he was sitting in an exit row, and they told him he couldn't, and then they threw him off. I said, lady, because there's all these people listening to her, I said, did you leave out the part to whoever you're talking to at the school that he shot birds, said F you, you stupid effing blah, 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 to the flight attendant with children? That's why he got thrown off the plane. You ever wonder how stories get misconstrued and all of a sudden everybody becomes a victim? This old boy needed his ass thrown off. But Sharon next to me wasn't, I mean, she was just passing on the damn word, man. I don't know. Anyways, y'all be safe out there. Flying is wild. It is wild. People are crazy. They get get, get in the airport. They get Cinnabund up. They're unhealthy. They just, they're mad. Security's done. Touched them everywhere and they're no-no spots. They're not supposed to. Trying to find a bomb. And they know they ain't even got them. They just got to do their job. They just, they're going through their luggage. They don't know that they're supposed to take their shoes off. They don't know. And they're getting yelled at. They don't know that they're supposed to have their laptop. It's my iPad with my cartoons. Sir, you're 50. I don't fly. So many crazy things going on in the airport. So by the time you get to that point, you're like, you can't sit here. Pops off, man. Pops right on off. (laughs) All right. We're going to talk about some fishing stuff. Today, I got a great guest that I'm looking forward to uh, to getting the sauce from, presented by the W Sauce here in just a few minutes. But I wanted to, I wanted to say congrats to Keith Poche, hell of a tournament, Bass Pro Tour, man, out of the out of the uh, the little aluminum rig. So cool to see Annie turn around and fish the Bassmaster Classic. It's 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 awesome, man. It was uh it was a cool win to win it how he did, and even to hear like Ot Defoe say, "Yeah, I can't believe he caught that good of a bag up there." Ott's very familiar with her. It's pretty, pretty daggum cool. But uh, otherwise, a stingy event for MLF, Douglas, and Cherokee, two of my favorite lakes, Cherokee in particular being one of my favorite lakes in the in the state. But uh, very cool ending to it. And then he goes and fishes the Classic. And uh, let's talk about the Classic for a second. Wolf, Fort Loudon Delico were just not, uh, not playing fair. Not playing fair this week is what it is. But I got to – I mean, Gussie, my goodness. It was still – even if it's low weight, it was still very cool, man. Still a good classic. Scott Canterbury makes a run at it. Brian Schmidt makes a run at it. And uh, it was was a good classic. It was a good classic. Big crowds. Tennessee River was stingy. Tennessee River has been stingy. I think folks – other than Gunnersville right now kicking out some weights, Tennessee River, it's it's, it's tight, man. It's tight. I don't know. It's uh, it's just – not fishing well right now this year. It's it's very uh, it's crazy to see. But you know, you, you see all the mom's basement folks. Oh, it's another classic just tournament looking at the graphs. They're just looking at the graphs. I'm never watching this again. Looking at the graphs. They only go to Knoxville because it's where they pay them money. Now they go to Knoxville because Knoxville's awesome. It's like the Birmingham Classics. They're great. It's like Tulsa. They're great. They're like, they only go to the same places over and over and over. But here I am commenting because I'm sad about it. Can we just comment from a positive outlook? Like, dude, two years ago, we didn't even know if we'd ever get to be together in an arena together again or a convention center. 
damn, dude. I've seen so many stupid comments like that. And it was, listen, it was a tough tournament. It's, I commentate tough tournaments. I have many with MPFL. It's hard. It makes the coverage hard. It makes it, but, but they're still interesting storylines, still fun to watch, and still somebody won the Bassmaster Classic. You got Gussie. He's won twice there on the Tennessee River. Name it Lake Gustafson. That's what I say. I give him that. As long as he agrees to sing Rocky Top, we'll name it Lake Gustafson. That's not how you say his last name. Trust me, it's not. But it's a good classic. It's a good classic. Huge crowds. Knoxville's just fun place to do it. Tulsa's going to be fun again. All right, let's get the sauce. Enough of me rambling today. The sauce presented by the W Sauce. We gave out a lot of W Sauce at the classic. Uh, America's Worcestershire sauce. We'll even share with Gussie, even though he's not American. We'll share with Gussie. We're going to get the sauce from the man, the Bass Master Classic champion, someone that I think the world of, and I was checking Bass Track like my own flesh and blood was in the classic. And when he had two the last day, he had me a little nervous. Ladies and gentlemen from old Canada, Jeff Gustafson. That's how you start a podcast right there. That's how you start a podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, no better introduction than that right there. The Ray Scott Trophy with the winner of it right here, my man, <laughs> Gusty. What's up, buddy? <laughs> oh, just, I'm going to apologize to everyone right now for my voice. It's, uh, I've been wearing it out a little bit, but, um, but yeah, no, life's good over here. Life is good in the North Country, huh? Yeah. Yeah, I just got, I just went actually on a two-day uh, little ice fishing adventure with a couple buddies, and uh, we we went into this snowmobile into this lake yesterday that, like, 15 miles, uh, fly-in only, um, really good lake trout fishing, and we didn't do that good, and then last night we caught a pile of walleyes, like, I don't know, as fast as you could catch them for, like, two hours right before dark, so made for a good day, but uh, it was, not, like, I was out, uh, like, miles from cell service or anything so it was just kind of a nice getaway relax um from just the 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 hurricane you've been in since last sunday right like it's just i think you know you hear this every year man it changes your life and the immediate reaction like from fans from the industry what's that been like i mean it's got to be crazy yeah it is um yeah, I mean, just like, like, I'm still like a couple hundred messages I haven't even opened yet on my phone. Like, and I, I apologize because I know there's important people on there. And like, I, I opened a couple this afternoon and it's like, oh, like they wanted to do an interview last Tuesday at 11 a.m. And I'm like, oh my God, sorry. <laughs> uh, but no, it's good. Um, I can't, you know, yeah, you can't complain when people want to talk to you. So. Uh, but no, it's been awesome. I mean, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of the sport and, uh, I, you know, have a lot of respect for it and the, and the people that I fish against. And, uh, so, I mean, I know how special it is. I'm still like, I can't believe it happened. Like Shelby and I have looked at this trophy a couple of times this week and like, look at each other and just kind of giggle, like, really, you know, like, but. Well, and, and it's so, it happened very fast. I feel like, because you're only, I mean, Yes, you've been doing the fishing thing for years. It's all you've done. You are you are a multi-species angler. You're a guide. You've been an author, uh, you know, and writing for magazines, different things over the years. You've done TV. 
but fishing is life for you and hunting. You love to hunt as well as, as we see your big moose staring yeah. over your shoulder. But on the Bassmaster side of it, it's relatively early on in your Bassmaster career because I, I've known you for many years through the FLW Tour side of things. But then when that dissolved or started to dissolve, you got an opportunity to go to Bass in 2019. Yeah. And dude, that's not that long ago. And I remember a conversation you and I had and there were rumblings about where potential classics could be. And it was, and this lake was not where you just won was not one. And you said, man, just on the sheer chance, it goes a spotted bass fishery that you really like. And you were like yeah. on the off chance that they have a classic there, man, I've got to be a bass because you love that fishery so much. And then fast forward to now you've won two dang bass masters. <laughs> I know it's Tennessee unreal. River, Fort Loudon, same technique essentially, dude. Like, unbelievable, buddy. Like, it is truly not, it's not unbelievable that you won because I've said for years, you're one of the best anglers out there at the pro level, million percent. You're one of the most consistent guys on top of being one of the nicest humans ever. But, dude, to win, you basically think about this. You gave them local knowledge. Think about that. Going into this classic, they all knew what you were going to do. Yeah. You still were like, guess what? I'm going to mope you right into submission, buddy. <laughs> yeah, I like, well, it was crazy because I get there for the first day of practice and like I launch right there at the canal where I caught them all last time and I idle out there and I go sort of line up on like my best dot from the, from 21 and I drop my bait down and like, it gets down there for like 10 seconds. And like, here they come. <laughs> like, Oh my God, they're in, they're loaded again, but like, they're hard to catch, but I get a few bites and there's boats around. So I'm like not setting the hook, but like the fish are, there's still lots of fish in here. So immediately I'm like, well, I'm going to just learn this better than everyone else. And like, just hopefully I can grind out, figure out how to catch five of them in here. And then the second day of practice, I roll up to the ramp at like, it was cold. It was like way below freezing that. that yeah. So like, I don't know. I didn't get there right at the crack. Of dog. Like probably got to the ramp at like seven forty-five or something like that. And uh, I can't even park. There's so many boats and trucks that there's a like a hundred boat tournament going on. And I launched the boat and go out there and that whole canal, like you couldn't hardly idle through it. There were so many boats in there. <laughs> so then I'm like, Oh no. Immediately panic starts to kind of like, Oh no. And, uh, but then I kind of realized like no one's winning the tournament in this canal. Like hopefully I can figure out how to catch, like I'm not wasting my time, like learning this stuff, but like I need, we're going to have to figure out somewhere else to catch them. And like you hear like Teleco's got all the small malts and it's got the magic, you know, small malt spots. And uh, I, you know, I, I, the first day I went dabbled in there a little bit. And last time I dabbled around in there a little bit, but I like, I never caught hardly a thing. And uh I mean, it's a pretty plain place to fish. There's not a lot of structure. There's not a lot of cover. Um, it's pretty clear, which I like, but, um, but yeah. So the third day I went out and I just started working my way down the lake and like idle and look for rocks pretty much look for something. Look, maybe I'll see some fish. Just look for something to drop my bait on. And a few hours into it, I'm just going along this chunk of ledge and I see some rock and I hadn't seen anything forever. And I go up there, drop a bait down and like, the whole bottom starts coming up and it's like a massive school of small moss that will bite anything like Holy crap. yeah so 
Shelbs called me a little bit after that and I'm, she's like, how's it going? You know, cause I was kind of down after that second day. Like I, I, you know, there was other guys, some people that I sort of didn't expect to be fishing where I caught them last time were sitting on it. And I mean, you can't take it personal, but you do sort of, and I'm, I'm good with it now, but at the time I was kind of like, I don't know, I was a little bit up worked up. But. Let me, let me cut you off that. That is an unspoken rule. I feel like a little bit, right? Well, like just automatically assume, I guess, well, Gussie won in this area. It's where Gussie's going to be. I mean, there's no written rule against it, obviously, but it just comes down to the, to the other anglers. And I guess what, what they want to do. It's just, I know for me, if I, if I'm like, Oh, well, that's exactly where Gussie won. Gussie's in this event. Gussie's most likely going to be sitting there again. When you kind of expose the technique, in my opinion. Yeah. And like, I guess where I, what frustrated me is like, I could, I saw some guys just go in there and go like right to where I caught them last time. Like not look around, not, yeah, yeah. Some yeah. guys went and like they didn't fish like right where because it, it showed right where I was fishing last time and everything. Um, but whatever, it's fine. But it's weird because like it's it's weird that like Hackney and Swindle and Christy and Palinuk and Fighter, like none of those guys were in there like sitting on. Right. <laughs> well, to be fair, Gerald doesn't have enough line on any of his reels to get <laughs> smallmouth fire, and he can't yeah. spell moping, so you were safe with G. <laughs> He wouldn't I, be able to feel his jig that deep either in like 20, 30 feet. No. Oh, 25 pound fluoro. That's all he throws, buddy. Come on. Uh, <laughs> he actually does have spin and tackle now. He does have spin and tackle. I've got to yeah. take that back. Yeah. No, he, hey, he, uh, he is so much more versatile and like, yeah, thinks and like he, it's so awesome. Like, cause I've got to be pretty close with him sort of through Carl yeah. and we're, you know, I'll tell a story about him here in a, in a minute, but okay. uh, from, from sun, last Sunday afternoon, but uh, like wherever we go, like, cause like a lot of the places we go, like everywhere gets fished so hard now. Like it's hard. You hardly ever get an easy event, you know, and oh, yeah. like, wherever we go, whatever time of year it is, like he always knows what, you know, what to do to get bites and like where it's going to go down or how it's going to go. Like just, just been doing it for a long time and he's sharp and uh yeah that, that's one thing it's all the time like he just always knows like kind of what's happening out there yes he does i give him a hard time but he's so versatile and he's willing to he's willing to change with the times too right like four yeah. face sonar whatever it is I, he's a guy that i see just because he, you know he and i are, are very close and i see him working on techniques all yeah. the time this guy's got a storied career he could just coast he doesn't he does not like getting beat he wants to continually get better and he and he does that i mean he he really i love giving him crap more than anybody obviously but he is always working on new things always yeah no so sunday afternoon um after i'd gotten the boat like so i got in obviously the ride talked about this a lot the ride back was horrible just i I had a, a good run there and I could not catch these things on Sunday and, and, you know, marked a bunch of them and it was just, it was a tough day. Uh, so I did not think I had a chance, but get in, you know, my camera guy, Brian Evie's like, dude, you got a chance and probably the best chance, but it's going to be close. So now I'm like, okay, well, I'll take that. Like I got a chance. And then, you know, you look at bass track, but you don't really like, I don't ever put a lot into that because I knew I didn't have much more than what it said for me. And, um the one thing though is the camera guys run bass track on the last day 
So it doesn't allow some of these guys to be like seven pounds off or way off, you know, like they, they know the camera guys kind of have a pretty good idea, but anyway, but after we get the boat out, you're up at the boatyard for like two hours before you finally get over, get to go over to the arena. And, and, and they, they kind of kept like Canterbury and, and Schmidt and I separated. Um, so we couldn't really talk to each other, which was fine. It was good. Um, but, uh, but I'm just sitting in the boat and Cody Huff was hanging out with me for a bit. And, uh, but Swindle came over and I mean, just like for 10 minutes, it just gets me laughing and not thinking about like, but you know, it was kind of a dark little time there. So sure. uh, I texted him on like, I don't know, maybe on Thursday or Friday morning and just said, Hey G, thanks for coming to hang out with me in that moment. And, uh, you, you know, like made me forget about, it made me realize like, enjoy every minute that you're here and getting to do this. And, um, and he just replied and said, friends for life. And, uh, just, you know, I just always has a good way with words and, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty, pretty lucky that I got gotten to know him. That That's very cool to hear, man. And I, you know, I got a picture of you from through my buddy Mitch at TH Marine, Mitch Anderson, through Brian yeah. Evie, and he texts us a picture because because you and Mitch go way back, and you and yeah. I go way back, and then uh, Shannon Ramsey with TH Marine and your lovely bride Shelby are, are good friends, and so she's on pins and needles all day. Well, Evie sends a picture to Mitch of you on your ride back, and he just turns his phone to me and he goes, "That doesn't look good," and the look on your face was very ungussy like. You know, yeah. you know, a lot of time together and I thought, but, but you do have the weight of your, the world on your shoulders in every tournament that you go into in professional bass fishing. But in that moment with the opportunity to basically just walk away with, it. if yeah. you just get a couple of bites, but instead now you're like, okay, I didn't do my job necessarily. I didn't catch five. Ronnie Moore said you wouldn't do it every day. So that's probably making you mad, right? Yeah. You're like, yep. Ronnie's right. Turns <laughs> out Ronnie Moore's going to be right. But, but to see the look on dude, it was, it was heartbreaking. And the whole way back, I'm just going, you know, that, that you're on your ride back. I'm just like, come on, please. And I, and look, I'm friends with so many guys in the field, whether it's bass or BPT. And I've gotten to know so many through this show. You pull for everybody. Yeah. I know what a life changing event. Brian Schmidt's a great guy. Scott Canterbury and I go back to when I was like 17 fishing team tournaments in Alabama, but I wanted you to win that for so many different reasons, but just knowing you and the work you put in. And I thought, how cool would it be for this Canadian dude to come down here and win twice on the same body of water, two major events, just, just start calling it uh freaking port Gustafson for all I care up there, man. I'm sure when we go, if, you know, I'm sure it's a great place to have. It's it's not the easiest place to fish. You know, it's, it's a tough place to fish, but it's a great place to have a tournament. And like, I think Knoxville is one of my favorite cities that I've been to down. You yeah, know, yeah, it's a fun <laughs> place. Like, and uh, but I'm sure when we go back, that these guys will. You know, I'm not gonna have that program to myself anymore. I'm sure <laughs> you're gonna have to go do something totally different next time you come. But whatever, it's uh, that place won't won't ever owe me anything. So no, it, it will not, man. No, Knoxville. I talked about it before. I had you on in the in the intro I did for this episode about you know people do get frustrated. Fans, you say the negative comment. Oh, it's a terrible classic. They didn't catch this. They didn't catch that. Yeah. Electronics. But I don't think people, if you don't, if you're not there to see or feel the energy of a place like Knoxville, 
it's a great place to host the marquee event in the sport. It is. Birmingham's that way. Tulsa will be great next year. There are lots of these cities that have, well, Fort Worth a couple of years, fantastic. Like there are reasons we have that event in those places. Now the fishing doesn't always line out to go with it. It's not going to be 30 pounds a day every time there's a Bassmaster Classic, but it's the toughest tournament to win for a reason. And if, and I think the storyline for me, you going all in on 18 inch plus smallies, which is not easy. No. And, and you're able to pull it off, man. That's just it. I would have been bummed out had that story ended any other way. I, for me as a fan, like I think had love Canterbury Schmidt, like I say, had they just won it with some trash fish, those large, man, get out of here. Tennessee (laughs) river smallie, man, that that's how it should be won. And, uh, and Ronnie Moore got to eat a little crow and I'm always okay with that. Cause I like giving Ron a hard time. Yeah. I did like his video bowing to you yeah. after day two, after he yeah. proclaimed you could never oh, do man. that had me cracked up. I was laughing so hard when I walked into that, but, uh, but then it was like, that was hard too on Saturday night. Like, you know, like that happens and everyone's like, dude, it's over. Like you're destroying yeah. everyone. It's over. And I like, I knew Sunday was going to be hard. Like I 100% knew it was going to be hard. Like just those fish were, they're ready to go. Like they're gone. They're leaving. They're getting smarter. If the tournament would have been a few days earlier, like I probably would have had my limit in like 20 minutes every day. Like it was that. Oh, good. Wow. But, um, but it was like, yeah, I knew it was going to be hard and, uh, and it was, but yeah, it was, it's a lot of there's a lot of emotion and like stress like I I when I started fishing on Sunday morning dude like I was shaking like I was shaking I've never felt that before like and I've been in lots of like good position and heading into the final day and you got a camera on you like that's fine but it was different for this one for sure Um, that's that's so crazy how how have have your sponsors reacted to it Gussie I mean you've got a great staple uh stable of sponsors uh, you know, of course, winning in a Lund, I'm an aluminum boat guy. You know that. Yeah. Back to back classics and aluminum boats. Like that's really, that's really cool. But how, how did they react? How did, did most of your sponsors react? Um, yeah, no, it's been awesome. Like the, the coolest part for me is, is, uh, cause Lund's like a Midwest, more of a Northern company and for just sure. some yeah. of the people from Mercury and just like, some of the people that maybe aren't like that knowledgeable in bass fishing or don't follow bass fishing now, like we're, we're, you know, they're like into it and they watch, they're watching bass live on Sunday and and they're fans now, you know? So that's kind of probably been like the coolest thing, but as far as like, yeah, I'm really lucky. Like I've got a bunch of good sponsors and have had a lot of these relationships for many years. And um, a lot of the people I haven't even gotten to really catch up catch up with yet other than you know just some text messages and stuff but uh but yeah it's I wouldn't be you know I'm a regular guy I would not be on that stage without a lot of help and um just caught some breaks along the way and um you know but yes they do buddy yes they do and you're a guy that I, I truly and I said it I said it on social with my post um there are good guys you made along the way in this. There are lots of them. There are lots of yeah. good guys. And then yeah. there are great guys. And I've always put you in that great guy category because, yeah. I, and, and I told the story on here with Carl um, from Okeechobee one time, and, and I was catching some, and you were like, what? Yeah, you you did everything you could to help and, me out there. And, <laughs> and, I, and I tried. And, and a lot of guys 
in that situation, when you give somebody a bait, hey, I've got your back X, Y, Z down the road, and it never happens, but you were always the first guy because you were always catching them way better than me. Let's just be honest, but you're always the guy to offer, hey, try this, do this and this step. So I've always, and, and, and I always, I knew you were a great guy before that, but that was always like, that's a testament of character because it is such a cutthroat sport at times. And you know that it is. And, and you and I did not know each other really at all until I started fishing the tour. And you were always one of those guys I gravitated towards. And we had, we had a lot of mutual friends, Josh Weaver and our buddy, Jason, Josh, JJ and JJ Strader. Yeah. Yeah. Wes. And we always kind of ran with the same crowd, but, uh, I was always, uh, you're always one of those guys. And man, I was, uh, I was so happy. I didn't get to go the way in. I had to turn around and go to Orlando for TH on Monday. So I had to drive home and I was watching it going down the road, man. People probably thought I was crazy. I was just whatever you want. I was going nuts <laughs> in the truck and it was, uh, and Marissa texted me. She's like, Gus, he did it. He did it. Cause she was always enjoy being around you. She was like, she was happy. And, uh, it's really, really proud moment, man. It's, uh, and dude, I liked it when the FLW tour guys, put one over there, you know, like yeah, the old school yeah. LW tour guys. I'm, I'm okay with that because yeah. it was always some of the highest caliber anglers out there, man. And it's, and it's showing, it's shown itself over and over and over and over through the years. Once they move yeah. elsewhere, you know, if they, if they decide to, and so cool to see, man, um, something that I know that, that has been a point of contention and, and you see this people hate forward facing sonar. They either love it or hate it. Right. Yeah. But for you, it's funny, your Bassmaster bio says, you know, fishing strength, and it's like anything with electronics. And I saw people defending you in the comments where people are like, oh, another event one staring at the screen, you know. The the, the guy that writes that, by the way, never has his real name on there. But Of course, buddy. Yeah, that's the fast duck hunter. He hates forward-facing sonar, right? Like <laughs> He's cheating, he's typing, and it says, you know, yeah, Johnny Big Bass 317 underscore exclamation point. Yeah. Yeah, it's just screaming. But but for me, I saw people in the comments are like, hey, dummy, he did the same thing with 2D just a couple of years ago. He's yeah. just adapting. How have you adapted though with forward facing sonar? I mean, you're gonna be dialed on on whatever it is electronics wise. You've always been very keyed in, way more than a lot of people probably even yeah. realize you. But with forward facing, how has that I mean, it's just another tool for you, I'm assuming. Yeah, I mean, it's it's mandatory equipment if you want to compete on, like, a high-level bass, like bass fishing tournaments, even locally. Like, our, I know our tournaments up where I live in Canada, I mean, if you don't have it for, like, early in the season when everything's shallow, like, you could still, you know, have a good day or whatever. But, like, once they get offshore a bit, I mean, you literally have zero chance of winning if you don't, aren't, like, using it and know how to use it. And, uh I hate that part of it because I know how expensive fishing is. And, uh, like, I don't want, like, you know, I never had my own boat and truck till I was like 25. I mean, I just fished. I love fishing. I was a guide and, and I made my living in the fishing industry, but it was hard. Like it was, you know, I didn't, you know, I didn't have someone to like set me up with a boat when I was a kid. Um, and, uh, but I always, always found a way to get in a boat and get out there, you know, yeah. but, uh, um but yeah i mean it's just part of part of fishing now and it's 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 a big deal but like do you need it to go out there and have fun and catch fish no and a lot like a lot of people fish and don't fish tournaments and that's awesome like that's cool like i 
I in the overall scheme of fishing, it's a small tournament fishing is a small portion of it. Yeah. But I, mean, I wish people would understand like if you're fishing like the elite series or the BPT, I mean, or the t- any, any series, um, if you don't have it, you're not going to be competitive. And then you're, you're not very smart for trying, you're not going to go beat guys without it. So. Yeah, it's tough, man. And then you pay, you pay all the money to go. You might as well, if that, it's very hard to be one dimensional anymore. Mm-hmm. And you see this with the young guys coming up. Everybody's a lot more versatile. Yep. Hell, we're talking about Gerald. I mean, he's one of the most veteran guys in the sport and he's adding to his game constantly. If you were going to, if you have any aspirations of doing well in tournaments, and I dare say that goes for team tournaments at home, whether it's a 30 boat jackpot to the Bassmaster Classic, electronics yeah. do play a big role. Now, I do agree with you. I wish it wasn't so expensive for a lot of people. I understand that's the immediate hatred of it for some people. And I'm not, I see people, you know, being really harsh, like, well, I can see you can't afford it. Well, I'm not saying that I'm saying it's that's the immediate though. Downside is, well, I don't think that's good because I don't have, it, you know, yeah. and it's, uh, I don't know. It's a, it's a crazy argument, man. It's, it's one that I don't think is going to go away anytime soon. I thought bass and I wanted to get your thoughts on this. Cause obviously you were fishing. You didn't get to watch it. Uh, they showed your screen. Yeah. And that's the first time anybody, we tried it at MPFL in our first season. We kicked it around and we tried it. We couldn't pull it off. And, and because that was something we had in a pre-production meeting, I'm like the first folks that can show that. So when the guy's tuning in, he can actually see what the angler is looking at. It will yep. change that argument because I, I get, I'm obsessed with watching it no matter what everybody's doing. I don't care. Like I just yep. like the drama. I like the storylines, but I get staring at a guy visually is different than if you're skipping docks and with a buzz bait or whatever. Like I get it, but so cool to see your screen, your bait, everything you're looking at. Did they tell you going in, Hey, Gussie, we're going to do this. Yeah. I knew that they were going to do it. And, um, I had the, the HDMI cable sort of put in my, but it's, it's hooked up to a hummingbird apex machine in the front and, uh, had it hooked up set up earlier in the year and and so it was sort of ready ready for it i kind of didn't really want to have it the first day just because like i you know you just don't i didn't have a lot of spots so like i didn't really want to necessarily like there's a there's a lot of fish down on this place you know um but yeah but it, it all worked out and i know i mean i understand the way that i was fishing was not that exciting to watch for people and but i love it like that's what i live to do I deal, like, yeah like that way um uh, and i don't like i don't care i however i can catch the biggest fish is how i want to catch them you know like I, i'll do whatever you gotta do but but that do, fishing the way I was with that jerk shad and a jig head, I mean, I just, I've caught so many bass on that. And I just, that's the one thing I have kind of that I maybe probably have more confidence um, and experience with than everyone else in that field. And um, it's just the body of water where like I was able to show them the, show it to them. Show, show them the goods. Once again, two times, 2021 20, and 2023, that, that combination, that lure combination I know you're a spotted bass. I think you're a spotted bass guru. I think you're as yeah, good. Love, yeah, I love it. Love it. That's your favorite. You had an opportunity to win elite there on Lanier. Is does that technique play? Because I know you're a big Ned guy when it comes to that. But is that a technique you use for spots and largemouth, or is that 
Smallie It kind of works for spots, but the one thing about spotted bass that they don't like, like they do not like your bait hovering or sitting still up above them. The, they'll come racing up to it and then they put the brakes on where those small mouths, like the stiller, you can just hold that thing there and like hardly move it, the better. And um, the spots are different. So like the most important thing you need to know about what I was doing is you always want to keep the bait above those small mouths. Like I've seen it where you like drop because it's tempting to drop it right in their face or you know get it or sometimes you drop it past them if you lose it on the sonar when it's going down or whatever like i always want to keep it above them the spot pass, they love when the bait goes flying past them <laughs> like if they follow it to the bottom it's like a dead bass guaranteed so <laughs> i thought i they the spots like swimming that thing like they they do it does you know i always will have it tied on but um but they don't love the like straight Demiki style like get on top of them and, and hang it like a small mouth does yeah they like that uh they like that little hula sticks or whatever that yeah, <laughs> people have no idea like i yeah I, buddy I, listen yeah. my my son uh hudson my 15 year old he knows the power of that little jewel on smith lake and some different places and oh yeah it's always like dad i'm gonna throw the gussie at him because that's i've told him the story i'm like i never knew this was a thing and then gussie put me on it and so he's always like, dad, where are the gussies at? That's what he always says when we're spot fishing. The most oh. simple, like, yeah. yeah. Smalley's like it too. It's yeah. it. oh, yeah. like it too, for sure, man. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's very cool. Very cool. So with you being, I know you've been on this ice fishing trip and I, I think that ice fishing is something that a lot of people in the South, myself in, in, included for years, look at it as something very simple, right? Oh, you drill a hole in ice get a six pack of beer. You're with your yeah. buddies. You sit out there and you hope something swims with a hole, but it is way more than that, but it, it's very electronics oriented. Do, does that, I know it helps you, but is that kind of where your love for electronics yeah. bass boat world came from? And just like confidence in, in what they're telling you, you know, cause when we sit there ice fishing and it's a lot of like, yeah, the fish relate to structure the same as they do in open water. And we have good mapping now for a lot of places. Um, like if I fished a hole for like five minutes and I didn't get, you know, didn't catch one or mark one or whatever, like next onto the next hole. Like when we go, it's not just sitting on a bucket for 12 hours and like, Oh, hopefully I get a couple bites today. You know, like we usually catch a bunch of fish. Um, but yeah, just hours of like, sitting there looking at a flasher screen watching how walleyes or and crappies and bass sometimes to react to your jigging spoon or your bait um yeah just a lot of like playing cat and mouse with different fish and i think that's helped me like um as far as just like being able to pick up my bait you know under the boat and and put it where i want it to um but yeah is that uh does forward facing play a big role in ice fishing now too yeah, it does. I, I still just use an old school flasher, but I usually like just take my snowmobile out. So I want to pack kind of light and a couple of the guys I was with the last couple of days, they, they got, you know, the ice fishing bundles going and um, it shows you just a much wider area than, than a flasher does. And so, and then you can shine it around like for crappies and stuff. It's, it's sick because they'll just be out on a mud flat and like you just like oh yeah there there they all are over there so you just take off and run like, and drill another hole 
but like you can clean it like the problem where we live up north is like all 90 percent of the crappies in the lake will be all together for the winter so <laughs> you'll find them they just like you I, like they're the easiest fish there is to clean out so if you're using you know scoping crappies through the ice you gotta kind of uh just take what you need for dinner and like go a little easy on them. I love that. You heard it here, folks. Gussie says, stop, stop when you get enough. Just yeah. stop. <laughs> yeah. Dude, like, I you don't have to fill up a bucket every time you go. <laughs> I think the same could be said for crappie on live scope, forward facing, just all around the country, dude. Like they're yeah. getting, they're in the, in the, in the States, they are getting like either those, or getting wiped out. Dude, like the bridges on Gunnersville, like every time I've been to Gunnersville lots, like every time we go there and I'm like, surely to God, they've caught all the crappies around those bridges. But no, you go there and they're just pulling them up like as fast as they can get their baits down. And like, Dude, it's, it's like unbelievable. Nature always finds a way, right? Like I know some of the yeah. argument about all the advances in technology. Oh, you're going to ruin this. You're going to ruin that. Nature finds a way, except maybe in Canada, on your small ice fishing lakes, maybe. Yeah, they're too, they, they're they're too slow. Your roll there. Yeah, it's amazing, dude. I want to come. So we we've talked for years about coming up and going deer hunting with you, Strader and I. And then yeah. you had a big wolf a wolf problem. Yeah. Uh, are the so white tail from, rebounding now? No, not really. We had like the worst winter ever last year, so it's gonna be a little while. But I did have one in my yard today, like the little doe, so that's positive. Like one, there's one deer that lived through the winter. <laughs> like those damn crappie. I can't come up there and try to hunt one yeah. deer, Gussie. It's a long ways for Wesley Strader and I to travel to hunt one deer. And yeah, it'll be a few years. It'll come back around though. Like we got the genetics. Like I started guiding in for them in 2005, and it, I mean it was one of the best places in north america to deer hunt for quite a few years and then just you go 50 miles north of where we live and there's no deer and like they stop and uh wow. we just get it gets cold and too much snow and um so but they're big they're as big as they get like you're you're probably not dragging one out by yourself and um you know they're big critters and yeah it's a great it's an awesome place to hunt like i mean you go out all day and you can you're gonna see deer that have never seen people before you know See, that's what I need. I need fish, like shooting fish in a barrel, like those crappies yeah. you're talking about. And I need deer that have never seen people. That's <laughs> what I need because I live on the Tennessee River. You know that. And our yeah. fish are very smart. And our deer are very smart down here in this part of the world as well. They know they know what a person looks like. They know they know when I leave my driveway, I think, to drive 15 miles south to my hunting lease. <laughs> they know yeah cell cameras just go crazy as soon as my alarm clock goes off they're just down there just having a time nibbling in the food plots i get down there gone yeah every time so but, but yeah and then you brought up the wolf thing so yeah after like when the deer started to kind of go downhill like we're just like please have an easy winter please have an easy winter and then you know we just got a few bad winters kind of piled up and then because the deer were so like kind of out of hand really like the deer population was off the charts um the wolves kind of exploded too like they're just you know they kind of go as the deer go so uh had a lot of wolves around like my deer hunters started to like see more wolves in a day than deer like sitting Jeez. there and so yeah i started doing that kind of a january activity um like true 
sit outside in as cold of weather as it gets. And uh, like I've had propane freeze, like propane cans freeze. Oh. Yeah, you're in real Canada. Yeah. Like like you see the Johnson brothers, even Mer- and Mercer told me this one time. He goes, no, Gussie lives in real Canada. That's yeah. what he told me one time. He's like, no, where he's at is actually Canada. I'm we like 10. I'm like 20 plus hours northwest of those guys. So yeah, we are uh I'm north of Minnesota, like way up north. And yeah, we get real winter. Like I I mean, this is my front yard right now. I don't know if everyone can see this, but it's, <laughs> like it's melting today. It's, it was a little bit above freezing, but there's yeah, that's the that's a lake out there too. It's not a big white field, it's a lake. <laughs> I could oh, play cool. my 250 on the ice out there still. There's like three feet of ice. Like I three was drinking bowls yesterday and the auger, I don't know how long the auger bits are on those augers exactly, but like 40 something inches, 40 inches maybe. And uh, I mean, I didn't need an extension, but we have had to use them before, but like right to the like bottom of the bar. And uh, yeah, at that point it is kind of like, what are you doing? But so when the weather, like you guys have in the classic, practice pre-practice it's in the teens in tennessee and yeah. everybody's pissing and I loved it. Like, I loved like, it. <laughs> oh i loved it so much yeah i see the joy on your face when you yeah. say that too you you are you are certainly i can think about a day when we were all at cumberland for an flw tour event <laughs> first time we ever went there and it rained and was like 38 all day and i said multiple times i bet the only person <laughs> having today is gussie <laughs> yeah i remember that day they bit the fish yeah. like it was fantastic like, i they, think that that burned you and i both because we were fishing in the same creek and sure. then tournament time it got all nice and sunny and they all everyone in the field except for me and you knew it was going to go oh. down farther down the lake i stayed up there on that end yeah everybody yeah. everybody yeah. but us 110 <laughs> yeah i actually i got paid there one Did of you? the times that we went yeah not the first year i missed it the first year i caught him the first day not the second then the second year i caught him in that same area caught him well, in the, I never caught a bat. The second time we went there, I never, this is no joke, rigid temperature and, and practice. And I remember the first year, the second year, I never caught a bass in practice in three days. I never caught a bass, not a single bass. And it was brutal. And I said, you know what the hell with it? I'm just going to fish where I did last time. They've got to be showing up at some point. I ran like three different areas and at lunch, all of a sudden, I pull up on a stretch. I call like a four pound smallie, and I'm like, uh huh. All right. They just, and they started and it was the same deal as it was a couple years earlier. And that's, and I, and I, I called them there, but yeah, we missed the memo. I, I never went to the other end of that. Lake. I want the elites to go there. Dang it. That is such a good, yeah. good venue, man. Such yeah. a good venue. No, and I had, I sort of rolled the struggle bus there both times, but the second day, the second time when we went, um the second day i just put a spinner i just finally put a spinner bait on and just went went yeah. yeah like and if i do that like maybe f- like if i get doing it for a couple hours i'll start getting up to where like six or seven out of ten casts are good but when i start i like one out of ten is a good cast and then i'm just like hate my life you know like you're constantly wrapping it around a branch or you know yeah and then i had my dad practicing with me and he's like worse than me for casting and he he like hates it you know like but uh but yeah that was did, that did was he get to like, be there on sunday was he there yeah my parents were there so they were okay. there all weekend and that was you know that was pretty pretty sweet too that's awesome man that's so cool that's uh i don't know man it's just it's 
you like to see good people do good things and you were certainly one of them brother i i am uh i'm proud of you i'm proud for you guys and you got to get out of the frozen tundra though and start thinking about lake murray I'm, I'm assuming you leave the rig down south right yeah i left the boat at mullen's place and uh so oh, wow. yeah wow. <laughs> wow you're gonna have flat tire. Looking at all my damiki jigs right now <laughs> he can't spell damiki you know this right now you've got four flat tires in <laughs> the river because he did not have a good tournament down there mullins had a rough tournament yeah like he's taking it out on the gussie rig right now <laughs> yeah no his 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 the friendliest lab in tennessee is guarding my boat right now so that's a fact <laughs> that is a fact the friendliest lab that is awesome man when will you guys head back uh probably in a week and a half or so um my boat's kind of a mess after everything and i don't know how much they got i like after I got out of the arena, there was like two inches of confetti in that thing. And I had a panic attack. I'm like, oh my God, like, I'm not going to deal with this right now. I don't really care. But at the same time tomorrow, this is going to be a problem. And uh, <laughs> I got to my boat the next morning at the boatyard. Like they just brought it back there. And then I just was, I didn't care about anything after that was done. Of course, that, yeah. you know? But uh, I get there in the morning and it's like clean. And I'm like, no shit i can't believe i did it i saw um yeah when it went out of the arena somebody had a like a leaf blower and got her got her out but i'm sure there's still in some of the like cracks and crevices there's going to be some confetti but it can stay in there for the rest of the year i'm gonna say when you open a compartment to get out of bait though and there's some confetti there you're like yeah that's right (laughs) that's right i would want that to stay see and my boat's so dirty all the time i feel like nobody would have blown it off because they would have been like oh yeah well luke it, it's okay the confetti can just stay in there can you imagine if john cox had one and <laughs> confetti it would be there six years from now yeah for sure fighter too like oh, never sure. picked up a thing like it's a he's the most superstitious like bass angler for sure for sure never picked up a bait off the floor of his boat like i've i've taken some off before like he'll let other people clean it up but he will not clean up a bait off the floor it's hilarious <laughs> he is um, very superstitious yeah like lots of little yeah like i just i just like almost ignore i don't even ask about it because i'm just like <laughs> but yeah um but he uh yeah no he he's a piece of work but yeah i the confetti was uh that was a i was scared for that but i was thinking i was just gonna have to like rip down the interstate for an hour and like it'll this sender you know <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine the Tennessee Highway Patrol pulling you over yeah, you're <laughs> and you got your trophy and you're like, no, look, seriously, this just happened. You're trying to play a video yeah, <laughs> to keep from going to prison, Tennessee prison, brush yeah. him out. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Jeff Gustafson, you're the man. I appreciate you doing this, man. I know, I know the voice is haggard. I know you guys have been running. You've been doing all the shows. I appreciate you, buddy, very much. Yeah, no, anytime, Luke. Thanks again, and good catching up. And yeah, I owe you. I still owe you a, a favor back. And, and and for everyone, I know you've told this story before, but you gave me a white swim jig, yeah. a, a light one, a quarter ounce, and uh, and you were in and like I had a decent first day, and I, if I get my limit, I'm getting a check kind of thing on day two. And you got your limit, and you were like, it was that's like the greatest feeling in a tournament in one of those pro tournaments. Like, oh yeah, I got enough to make the cut. Oh yeah. Um, that's the best. And you came and gave me your exact jig and bait. And I, I, 
never caught one but i had a I caught a short one or two but it, like about five minutes into it i'm reeling my the jig up and like i pull it out of the water and, and i get it like five inches out of the water and like a five or six pounder came and like tried to eat it and like oh my god right before i saw you that day i lost without a doubt the biggest mass i've ever hooked in a tournament and, and then when i say i mean i've weighed eight pounders but like it would yeah i mean i won't throw like 10 or whatever in there but it was but, over eight yeah. she was like right in the top of the right in the top of the freaking lip man top lip you see the hook and swimming that jig through those pads and she actually she waked it and i thought oh it's a grinnell or something and the water was pretty clear in there where we were at yeah. just kept bringing it and i saw her and she just sharked behind it and i killed it for a second because it was getting close to the trolling motor and she just goes Dump, like yeah. they were in the Cinco. So I just lay the wood to her. She's right there, like 10 feet. A few thrashes to get around the trolling motor. I had Todd Lee. You remember Todd? Yeah. As a co-angler. He had the net, and uh, she just it just came out. Man, it was a daggum, I mean, a big one. I lost two or three in that tournament. You know, that's where uh, Tim, Frederick, is where oh, he yeah. ended up right there. I mean, we were in the goods. That was yeah. one I would like to have over again, just for yeah. like three lost fish that, that would have had me right there in it going down the stretch. Well, that- there was so many big fish got caught. Like Scott Martin was fishing beside us yeah. the whole time too. Uh, like, you know, there was a bunch of bunch of the heavy hitters that, yeah. that were fishing around us. But we all started the first day. And it was like me, you, Scott Martin, Cody Meyer, um, Tim Patrick was in there. Several more, and I'm like, okay, I thought this was special the last day of practice, but I think it's really special. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So this year we go to Okeechobee that's the first time I've been back there since then <laughs> so I try I got I got all the waypoints you know from last time <laughs> I'm driving over there and I'm like oh I'm right on the waypoint like where's <laughs> there was grown up now no there's nothing there there's for like two miles it's just oh, it's open it's brown like almost some water so muddy you could almost walk on it and there was nothing anywhere other than like those little islands that sort of yeah know, yeah going over towards harney pond there's they were still there but yeah i'll never forget the weigh-in jody white with flw after the first day and i didn't have a lot of weight and nobody out of there had a lot of weight the first day but i told him i said because like walker no that wasn't david walker it was uh brian schmidt mark moves and somebody else were blasting out out on the front from of where we were at on the outside there and i told him i said dude you better put a camera crew in there where we're all at. It's fixing to happen. He's like, yeah, right. Nobody really called him. I said, I'm telling you, it's fixing to go down in there, dude. So yeah. that was a fun text I got to send after the event. I was like, told you it was happening. They were swimming in there by the hundreds. Yeah. They had to be that week. It was, it was really cool. That swim jig deal was fun too. It was one of the most just ferocious bites when they would eat it. And I, you know, I had done that Gussie in there in practice and never had a bite. Really, and it turned on. I, I was catching them flipping those reed heads like everybody else was yeah. Cinco and all that. And uh, the first morning, the wind remember, the wind was just gassing the first yeah. day. And I kind of got blown over. I was trying not to get on the trolling motor too much, and I got blown against one of those lily pad edges. And one chased a minnow in front of me. And I had a swim jig on and I threw it over there. I caught it, it was like a five. So I was like, oh, I'm going to keep doing it. And then it was dumb. They were just getting in there and like staging, I guess. Yeah. They would spawn on that stuff, but they would spawn out on those reed heads, and which is where Frederick won and all that. It was cool, man. Cool event. 
Well, I caught about half my fish this time there on a swim jig. So I, I learned my, I get, I get, I usually learn all my lessons the hard way. And then I, but I learned quick and uh, yeah, it was part of the arsenal this time. And we had, good- well, you sent me a picture cause Carl and I had done a, a pod yeah. talking about it. We were telling that story. And uh, cause I said, you two, the nicest duo in bass fishing history. I don't even know how it works. Yeah. And then, uh, and we were, t- I were telling that story and you sent me a picture. You're like, I got to tie it on. It was the same. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. yeah. I see. Yeah. Oh man. Good times, buddy. Well, I, uh, I'm proud of you, man. I can't, I can't thank you enough for doing it again. And, uh, when you're traveling through these parts, we'll do one of these in the bar and grill one of these days. Okay. okay. No, we'd love to catch up and get to see you, but, uh, but yeah, no, I heard you had a good party on Saturday night and I told, I told you before Small party. if I ever miss the, the championship Sunday at the classic, hopefully it's not going to be in the next few years, but, uh, but yeah, I, I'll definitely be there. Uh, you were the first ever, I told you before we hit record first LBL live, we did at the classic. You were, you were on that guest lineup. You've always been with the show. You've always, man, you've always texted me about it. You're listening. You've always supported me since I started this, man. I, I can't thank you enough for that too over the years. Yeah, no, likewise. Okay, man. Thank you, man. Ladies and gentlemen, Gussie, classic champ, Gussie. Let's go. <laughs> well, all right, that's all she wrote for the champ, baby. Bassmaster classic champ. The sauce presented by the W sauce with that man right there. And I can't, uh, can't thank him enough for taking time out of his schedule to do this. He is uh, obviously very busy, but I will say this about Gussie. Just responding to everybody on social, responding to texts, responding to phone calls. He is, uh, he's one of a kind. He is a legend in the sport in my mind. And I just, I couldn't be happier, man, for him, for his, for his lovely bride. He's so deserving of that title and will be a great ambassador for us for the next year. That is for sure. Thank y'all so much for tuning in week in, week out. Again, the classic just puts it all in perspective for me. The low lifers are one of a freaking kind. I'm going to take y'all out with some Biloxi blues, just like we do each and every week. And I will see y'all next time. From Jackson Town to Tupelo, I never could make it last. Spanish moss, a Civil War ghost Well, I'm gonna leave them in the past Any direction, Lord, I'll be fine It don't matter, east or west North, south, wherever the wind blows I'm leaving those burdens at rest This highway, it does not know my name And I don't care, no and a spare Just a white line gypsy getting out of Mississippi with just enough gas to